0: Welcome to Spiel Chicago, the podcast exploring progressive and feminist work in Chicago theater. My name is Smyra Yan, and my guest this week is Lauren Sivak, Managing Director of Second Story. I spoke with Lauren at Second Story's new home in Albany Park about her career and how her priorities changed after the 2016 election. Lauren Sivak, thanks so much for talking with me today.
1: Oh my gosh, thank you so much for asking. <laughs> of
0: course. <laughs> um, I first saw you in Men on Votes.
1: Mm-hmm. I was lucky. Uh, Will Davis came and saw Secretaries at About Face Theater, and that was directed by Bonnie Metzger. And Will was doing a reading of the play over the summer, and I was lucky enough to just be asked to do the reading. And then in the fall, I received an invite to be in the cast and to be one of the explorers, but I didn't yet know who I was going to be, so I never... I never auditioned other than doing the reading uh, in the summer, but I have never been asked to sing on stage before, and singing absolutely terrifies me. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was sitting up on that that little cliff, or I guess it's called the rake, um, my leg that you couldn't see was shaking so <laughs> hard before I would say the first Tin Fish, and it was... Oh, an absolutely like nerve-wracking experience. Why, why did Will cast me as this part that sings all of the time?
0: Did he ever explain that?
1: No, <laughs> no. And I, I think when I told Will that I'm very nervous about singing, he was he was surprised, which is a good thing. It is interesting. I think with what Will is doing at American Theater Company. So I was an education intern in 2009 at American Theater Company.
0: What Um, was it like being back? Was it strange?
1: It was strange and it was awesome. And I remember thinking, I never once would have thought that I would have been on the stage at ATC. I never would have thought that I would have been that lucky. Will is using that space in such a beautiful way. I remember walking in, you know, for our call time and there were candles in the lobby and there are these books and Will has is, is enlisting artists to create artwork inspired by the show. So the artwork that you saw during Men on Boats um, was inspired by Men on Boats or inspired by nature. And he and, the te- and his team at American Theater Company are doing the same for picnic and the same for tea. And I think that that is such a beautiful way to um, be thinking about the audience experience. And I think that Will allows himself to continue to experiment in a great way, but he also lets the, the actors be experimenting alongside with him.
0: been in chicago
1: i moved to chicago in 2009 so i'm i'm coming up on eight years eight years yeah (laughs) i grew up in northwest indiana though okay so i i live in this pocket of northwest indiana known as the region they call themselves the region because that area believes that they are a region of chicago so i grew up going to chicago all of the time for class field trips for family trips to Brookfield Zoo to see the Bulls. My dad used to take me to games when I was little, and I was lucky enough to see Pippen, Rodman, Kukoc Kerr, and obviously Jordan on, I almost said on stage, but (laughs) on the court at the same time. And I grew up as a Blackhawks fan, so I, I think I always knew that I would move to Chicago. I just didn't know why I would. So I moved in 2009 for an internship at American theater company.
0: Did you always know you wanted to work in the arts?
1: I did not. I, when I went to Purdue university in West Lafayette, Indiana, I went there initially to study political science and then I dropped that major in one week. I added a theater major and then I added an English education major. So I had a double education, a double major in English education and theater with an acting concentration but I had no idea about like arts education roles, which is how I started in arts administration. And I had no idea about theater management and leadership when I was in school and um, when I was graduating. So had somebody told me eight years ago, the thing that you're going to want to do, Lauren, is not act and do teaching artist work. You're going to want to be a managing director. I would have just been floored i would not have believed it and um i would have thought that that was quite foolish (laughs) and for me it keeps changing i had planned as of february 1st that i would have submitted my application to yale for arts management and mfa in arts management and i'm not doing that and i'm not doing that because of what happened in november I think the election changed everything for a lot of people, especially women. And now I, I, I... I'm in a moment where I recognize that everything's different. Eight years ago, I would have wanted to be doing acting. Three years ago, it would have been an MBA program. A year and a half ago, it was arts management. And now... I want to run for public office.
0: So when did that change for you? Was it in November? Was it sometime between now and November?
1: It was November 9th. (laughs) It was literally November 9th. I have been somebody who for a long time has just disqualified myself from things because I woke up on November 9th like like many people and it, it felt like a breakup. It felt like the worst breakup I've ever had. I could not stop crying. Something would remind me of Hillary and I would just like weep on the street or I would cry in my car and... Mal and I were texting, and I think I might have said to her, like, I just don't even know what to do. And she was like, We run for office. So I'm trying to find more ways to get involved in my community, Albany Park, which I absolutely love. So that's attending Albany Park Neighbors Association meetings, that's going to CMAP uh, planning. And Albany Park is an area where we are trying to make sure that we are preserving and promoting the diversity of the 33rd, 35th and 39th ward constituents. There are over 40 languages spoken in Second Story's new home, which is in Albany Park. That is so incredibly exciting. And with what is happening with 45, you know, in the the span of time between the election and, and Christmas, there were over 1,000 bias-related incidents, or also known as hate crimes, as reported by the Southern Poverty Law Center. We have to, as a country, promote and preserve diversity. And I am excited to live in a neighborhood that reflects the world that I want to see. Okay, you want a fun anecdote? I yes. know we're talking a lot of pol- like political stuff, but I'm at the Women's March, surrounded by the pink pussy hats. And in front of me are these older women and they they have their, their hats on. All of them have vintage buttons, vintage uh, March buttons. And some are from 1979 and some are from like the 80s. And it's very clear that they've held on to these for a long time. And so I say, excuse me, I would be really remiss if I didn't ask you a question. How do we fight complacency? How do we stay active? How do we stay in the know? And she looks at me and she says, love, organize, write checks. And then we had a little bit of a dialogue about how our generation, yours and my generation, is learning how to do this we haven't had to organize in eight years and this is not to say that people have not been organizing we have incredible momentum around the black lives matter movement we have incredible momentum around um support for our trans brothers and sisters and now i think what we have an opportunity to do is unify a lot of these movements but also Uh, to show up for movements that don't necessarily represent our own interests. And I think that is something that we can't forget. So now thinking about this like mantra, and I point to it all the time, love, organize, write checks. We can't all do that. We can't do all three Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Um, But what if we all committed to doing two of the three, right? We could do one of the three, but I'm always like, come on, Mm -hmm. come on. One of the three is at 33%. That's failing. That's failing. That's failing, and we can't fail right now. We can't fail ourselves, we can't fail each other. If I think about the work that Second Story is doing, our upcoming season is under this umbrella of now is the time. And I think part of it is now is the time to tell like stories that need to be told. When we think about storytelling, we often think of why this story, why now? And I think as artists, we have an incredible opportunity to respond in the now with second story our our mission is to create a world driven by empathy we believe stories are what bind us together therefore we create spaces where we can share and deeply listen to each other's stories so i think our biggest responsibility right now is to listen at this moment my artistic director and i keep going back and forth of like we cannot let this be business as usual we cannot slip back into what we were doing a year ago today, because nothing's directly affecting us, and I think that that is the hardest part when thinking about how to stay active and how to fight off complacency. We can't be reactive; we have to be proactive. Um, I get excited. Uh, Melissa Mcnamara, who owns Mind Art Core, is doing something really fucking exciting. She owns a Pilates studio where she has for many years opened up her studio to artists and performers, and now she's opening up her studio for political activism workshops. You're nodding your head because you and I have been there. That's where we met. That's where we met. But like, how amazing is that? That like, Melissa as an artist and as a Pilates instructor and as a person existing in this world was like, okay, no longer business as usual awesome. I'm going to do a Pilates workshop inspired by like political activism. And like, are you marching and standing for hours? Let's make sure that your pelvic bone is taken care of or those pelvic muscles are all, like, and then hosting a three hour workshop where she's bringing together people who want to know more about civics, who want to know more about what Jan Schakowsky is doing and how we can speak to our representatives. Oh my like God, that is amazing. Imagining if every like, leader or artistic director said, All right, we're gonna do this now. Like, that's what we need.
0: To become more public and civic spaces and not just artistic spaces. Yes.
1: I'm, Amanda and I, so, second story, our core values are craft, courage, and inclusion. One of the reasons why inclusion is so important is you can never be inclusive enough. And we are at a really interesting moment where she has done some incredible trainings with Art Equity um, around equity, diversity, and inclusion. And different organizations across Chicago will reach out to us for us to facilitate a workshop or dialogue or conversation around a different subject that either we're interested in exploring or they are. So as an example, a law firm might reach out to us and say, we would really like to have a conversation about gender and sexuality. Well, then Second Story will craft a workshop that includes storytellers who live those experiences, right? It would be a disservice to have somebody talk about the queer experience who's not queer, um, because I I believe in something called the credible messenger, and... Now we're thinking of, okay, if somebody were to hire us out to do that, well, then is there a way that we can fold in the cost of that workshop and say, like, all right, in addition to you paying for us to do this workshop, a portion of this, the cost is to cover us doing this workshop for free in our space for our community. And I think that that's an incredible opportunity and that's something that we haven't done and something that we're totally interested in doing and we could put a sign up on our window at second story that says free you know dialogue today come on in and that that's a small step to not business as usual I'm a storyteller before I'm an actor. I was going
0: to ask if you were a storyteller before you started working here.
1: I was, yeah. I started to do different stories here and there across Chicago. The first time I told a story was at Salonathon.
0: Do you tell a lot of contemporary stories or stories that like things that have happened recently? or Do you tell childhood stories?
1: Um, It depends. It depends. I think the story that people most know me for is my coming out story. And it's called Beginnings, and I've performed it throughout Chicago. I, I performed a, a long piece called Beginnings, Middle's, and Endings, very original. I know, <laughs> uh, with Pride Films and Plays through their Les Fest programming. I think it's now called She Fest. I don't really tell many recent stories. I think so much of storytelling is is written around like those things where we can reflect on that are that have a little distance, at least for me. It is.
0: Do you have any stories that you feel differently now about the event than you did when you wrote the story?
1: Yes. I actually just told the story about my first French kiss with uh, Kenny Collins, and he was three years older than me. I was 14. He was 17, and he had already French kissed before, and when we we talked about it, we talked about when it would happen, and... The fact that it was my decision, and in the moment, you know, it felt so laborious. But I was very nervous to French kiss because I was nervous that I would be a bad kisser. And now, like I was, I told this story last February, so February twenty sixteen. I realized, like that story is about consent. When holding that story to the lens of sexual assault and the Brock Turner case thinking like oh like Kenny respected me so much that he was adamant that the decision to french kiss so the literally like the decision to put my tongue in his mouth was all mine and and it's it, he respected me but he also like understood the meaning of consent, this 17-year-old boy who I grew up with. What an incredible gift. And also what should be the norm.
0: Right, it, that shouldn't be exceptional. No. Because when you said that, I was like, oh, that's like a really evolved like, perspective. But it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not.
1: The opportunity to reflect on those things that you hadn't thought a lot about is such a gift yeah kenny wherever you are thank you good on you good on you kenny but now i'm now i'm gay (laughs) so there's that
0: so what does second story have coming up
1: Uh, Tickets just went on sale today, March 1st, for our annual fundraiser, which goes up at Revolution Brewing Sunday, April 23rd. Um, Very excited about that. It's going to be a really wonderful event. It's Second Story's biggest fundraiser of the year. And then, of course, we're back at Pub 626 in April. Again, that's where our monthly Stories at the Pub uh, programming happens. And actually, my dad is telling a story with Second Story in April. I'm very proud of him. I think he's being challenged in a way that he didn't know possible, and I think he is—he's—he's he's telling a story that needs to be told, and it's a really important lens. Um, And I'm—I'm I'm excited to hear his voice in this way.
0: That's super exciting. Yeah. That's in April. It's in April. Oh, cute. Dads I cute. know dads <laughs> are cute, and I—I
1: I, my dad is great. He's talking <laughs> about political activism. You know, he's always ready to debate. He, you know. He was a proud Bernie supporter, then a proud Hillary supporter. Um, so you can only imagine what he is posting right now. Mm-hmm. And he's also, he's always working to be better. And he's he's spent years figuring out his own privilege. And now he shares videos of like 10-year-old kids talking about privilege. And my dad being like, why, why is it that they could get it, but we can't get it? Like, why don't we understand this? And I think that that's an incredible gift. I'm very lucky. I, I'm a lucky individual to have him. Um, the parents and family that i have
0: Well, that's awesome yeah that's a really cool story thanks great um is there absolutely anything else you want people to know about second story or activism or brunch or anything? oh my gosh
1: the best brunch places in chicago according to me go on baker miller bang bang pie and appalachian appalachians in andersonville it's off of pastoral oh places so much
0: that is the hot take of this podcast the hot take yeah best brunch in chicago this is
1: the hot take with lauren cvac
0: where you literally just talk about places to eat and i just city.
1: oh my gosh yes
0: yeah hot take with lauren Sievac. i'd listen to that podcast
1: thank you it would be a real short one of course i don't know how the first thing about making podcasts
0: oh my gosh it's so easy i don't either i literally <laughs> still don't know what i'm doing
1: <laughs> uh you, what what podcast number is this
0: oh this is you will be 19? You'll be 19 or 18.
1: Oh my gosh. And you, I, I am hard pressed to believe that you yet don't know what you're doing.
0: I mean, I mean, probably like 66% of what I'm doing now.
1: Oh, one more plug. Yes. Speaking of doing things and being like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm producing a one-man show um written and performed by Kevin Crispin. It's called Invisible Now. It opens March 17th at The Frontier, which is Jackalope Theater Space. And I'm very excited about this play. I think Kevin has written a really incredible piece that explores um, the universality and loneliness of fear. And tickets are only 10 bucks. It has a limited run, and 100% of ticket sales are being donated to Cathedral Counseling Center. And if you can come see it, please do. But I'm producing a show, and I have no idea what I'm doing.
0: But that's the thing that all women need to know is that literally no one knows what they're doing so don't exactly. think that you can't do it
1: yes we just need to apply for things and be like whatever
0: yeah th- i mean there's that statistic i'm horrible i can't i'm not able to cite this but that some like most women will not apply for a job unless they qualify for every single thing on the list and oh then s- absolutely some huge percentage of men will apply for jobs that they like eh, like 50 yep. percent of this. that's I right do.
1: well and i think part of it is because men are hired based on potential women are hired based on experience Mm. and so when we think about applying we are automatically thinking well i just don't have the experience for this i'm not really qualified but yeah like just apply like any of your male counterparts would
0: yeah that's awesome yeah oh my gosh lauren thank you so much for talking with me this has been super fun (laughs) oh my god
1: thank you thanks for visiting second story we are in albany park
0: Thanks again to Lauren for chatting with me and thanks to you for listening. We'll have links to Second Story's website along with the other things we talked about on this episode on our show page at spielchicago.com. My podcast recommendation this week is Two Dope Queens. If you listen to podcasts at all then you're probably already listening to them but in case you're not, it's Jessica Williams and Phoebe Robinson's stand-up comedy showcase. If you've ever been turned off by stand-up comedy because it sometimes seems like a wash of white guys telling dick jokes then this is the podcast for you. It also happens to have some really awesome editing if you're into that kind of thing. That's Two Dope Queens on iTunes. If you have any questions, comments, or rants, you can email spielchicago at gmail.com or tweet us at spielchicago on Twitter. See you at the theater.